Thanks for joining us today for the Such Things podcast. I'm David. For those listening in real time, I got to say Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Uh, If you're not listening in real time, well, happy Friday or whatever day it is. Um, We had uh, Thanksgiving last week and now the holiday season is upon us. Good grief. Another year has gone by. Um, I've been thinking about this scripture, you know, last week as we were um, celebrating uh, with family. It, the la- One of the last lines of Psalm 23, the famous psalm about the Lord being my shepherd, it says at the end, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I got to tell you guys, um, that scripture really meant a lot to me last week as I was just spending time with my family, my loved ones. I just was meditating on that 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 verse. And I feel that way. Like, man, God's goodness and love has followed me, continues to follow me. I believe will always follow me all the days of my life. I just feel so blessed. We got to get together with um, all of my siblings and our kids um, my parents, uh, multiple sets of grandparents, tons of grandkids, nieces, nephews, running around the house, ate some really good food. And um, I just felt very grateful, very grateful. Um, I don't deserve it. I feel so blessed, you know, uh, to have what I have, have the family, the people, the love that I get to enjoy. I think one thing that has made a huge difference in in our family, and I'm I'm blessed with a, a a pretty functional family, which I think is I think dysfunction is the norm now. So I feel blessed to be blessed with some some functionality here, and I think one of the difference makers uh, was my dad started teaching us a long time ago to be a family that communicated love, that articulated it, that expressed love to one another, for one another. I think for some reason, so many of us, so many families uh, have a hard time doing this. Um, we, we, (laughs) We don't have a hard time expressing our frustrations (laughs) frustrations <laughs> or our passive aggression. Um, but my dad, I'm so grateful. He and my mom really tried from an early age to teach us to be a family that expresses warmly with words, um, that, that, that communicates love to each other. And um, I want to talk today about the importance of being people who learn to express love and appreciation. You know, we know as Christians, the Bible, Jesus said, the greatest command is love, right? We know that. But I think where we sometimes fall short is thinking, yeah, you know, I love these people. Like we think love is a feeling that's in our heart, but love needs to be expressed. I think too often, when we look at our relationships with our, quote, loved ones, I think too often we leave people left to guess, to hope, 
that they're loved and appreciated by us. But they need to know it in no uncertain terms. This is a key to people flourishing around us, is communicating, expressing love. Expressions, vocal, um, emotive (laughs) expressions of love, appreciation, adoration, don't come natural to, to many of us. So I want to read a story. Uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 28. And I want you to notice what Jesus does with these people that are just emotively, expressively pouring out their love, appreciation, and praise. All right? Luke chapter 19, verse 28. After Jesus said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put it, put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. In Mark's account, in Mark chapter 11, he says the people shout, Hosanna, which means save, save us. That was an expression that, 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 that was to be uh, used f- for the Messiah. The people are essentially acknowledging this is their Savior riding into town on a donkey and they're, they're crying out. And again, in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 11, it says they, they, they uh, cut down branches and lined the streets with branches. They spread their coats. Well, it says that here in Luke. They spread their cloaks and coats out on the road. They just, they wanted to create a, a royal entry for this king riding in on a colt, on a donkey. Back to Luke chapter 19, verse 39. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. We'll stop there. So Jesus is is coming into Jerusalem. He's been doing his thing for, at this point, for probably several years. Going around, uh, you know, doing his miracles, teaching, parables, preaching, healing, helping and he's, he's built quite a reputation, hasn't he? And so now he, he comes back to Jerusalem, the big city. And, and we know where this is leading, right? Because we've seen the end of the story. Like once he comes into Jerusalem, things are going to escalate pretty quickly with the powers that be. And wildly enough, it's not too many days later that the crowds are Shouting, but they're shouting very differently. They're saying, crucify him, crucify him. 
But on this day, this crowd, these people, that's not what they're saying. They're saying, Hosanna, blessed is the king. They're acknowledging him as their king. I think as their Messiah. I mean, they're just pouring into the streets. I just imagine singing and dancing and just this, they're overjoyed, this impromptu display of loving adoration, of gratitude. It, it says here in uh, Luke, what does it say in verse 37, that the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. I wonder who was in this crowd. It says they'd seen miracles. Imagine the scene and who might have been there. I wonder if old blind Bartimaeus was there. He was a blind man that Jesus healed. He had been screaming on the street one day, Lord, save me, have mercy on me. And everyone told him to shut up. And Jesus called him over and said, what do you want? He said, Lord, I want to see. I want to see. I wonder if he was there that day. On this day, uh, this time, again, screaming in the street. But instead of saying, Lord, have mercy, this time he's saying, Hosanna, there's my Savior. Bartimaeus, uh, that means, Bar means son, Timaeus, the name Timaeus, son of Timaeus. I wonder if Bartimaeus was there with his old dad, Timaeus. He <laughs> said, Dad, look, I can see him now. That's our Savior. What about the the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years that had come up to Jesus in another crowd on another day and Jesus had healed her. I wonder if she was in this crowd. No bleeding today, just praising. What about the man whose whose little boy was uh, demon-possessed and the demon was throwing him in the fire to try to kill him? The disciples tried to heal him and they couldn't do it and Jesus came in and he did it. He said, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. You think that father was there with his, with his now teenage son saying, look, son, that's the man that I've told you about. That's the man that healed you when you were little. On and on. What about the crowds that had been fed? The thousands of people that had witnessed him take a, a lunchbox of a few fish and a few loaves from a little boy and somehow make it spread make it go far enough to feed a crowd of thousands. Oh, I bet some of them were in the crowd that day, praising him, remembering their full stomach and the miracle that he did. It says that they were praising God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Who else was there? Oh, I don't know. You fill in the blank. I imagine, I wonder who all was there. The Pharisees didn't like it, did they? They say, Lord, you need to shut these people up. What is this? What's this disturbance going on? What's all this noise? This is irreverent. We, this is a noise code violation. Do you guys have a permit for this, this gathering, this, this festive gathering? Is it, what are you doing out here? Tell them to shut up. He said, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. You know, um, we just had, again, if you're listening in, in real time here, just a few weeks ago, we had the uh, midterm elections. 
didn't we? It's a big spectacle. You know, politicians, when they come into town, the way Jesus rode into town on this day, politicians go to great lengths and they make elaborate plans and they spend exorbitant sums of money to pull off rallies like this. I remember going, uh, you know, years ago, I went to hear, uh, I was living in Florida and uh, George Bush came to town to do a campaign speech. And I thought, oh, I'll go see him. It was out at the airport. I went and see him. And, uh, and then um, in Columbia, I was living in South Carolina, I went and saw Barack Obama come into town and do a big speech. I also saw Mitt Romney come in and uh, make a speech out in Lexington, South Carolina. And, you know, I like to go see what these guys have to say. I'm like, all right, you're coming into my town. Then they get, they make a speech. They try to fire people up and they're playing country music, you know, trying to get all the Carolina rednecks fired up. You know, vote for me, y'all. Uh, all this stuff. And, and, they're, and, they're, and they're trying to whip the crowd up, you know, and get people excited. And and I just, you know, it's all choreographed and arranged and prepared. And, you know, it's like they got the guys with the little wires in their heads, a security guard, like, you know, here, the eagle has flown the coop. Okay, here he comes, you know. Um, and then they got, you know, cue the doves, and they really, you know, okay, cue the jets and the jets fly over and, you know, it's all set up. And they, they have these, you know, gosh, the money they raise for these campaigns is just, it's like disgusting. The, it's like, gosh, if y'all would just take the money that you raise for your campaigns and spend it on policies that you, that you have, that you put out there, that you want to help people, just do that. Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. Here's Jesus. Not the politician, but the preacher, the prophet. He doesn't come in riding in an armored car. He comes in on a colt, on a donkey. The only arrangements he made were, hey, guys, go, uh, I've arranged to have a donkey ready. <laughs> and, 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 and he walks into town and no one has to cue the band, strike, okay, start the music. It's like the people just impromptu, just... All, all that they've seen and heard from him over these past few years, they can't hold it in. They erupt. They're throwing articles of clothing, cutting down branches. They just said, this is him. This is the one. I love this Jesus. I love who he is. Man, he's awesome. And of course, as we said here, the Pharisees, they, they try to shut the people up. And Jesus shuts them up. He says, no, the rocks will cry out. Why? See, I think Jesus understands something that the Pharisees weren't understanding that day. That I, I, hope, I want us to understand today. Look at this crowd. Look at how Jesus let them cry out. Let them express themselves. I want to tell you this. Listen, love, gratitude, and praise, these things need to be expressed. But I think sometimes we're more like the Pharisees. Oh, no, no, let's hold that back. That emotional display, that, that expression of love and gratitude. Like, why do we do that? Why do so many of us have such a hard time expressing it? vocalizing it, speaking heartfelt words of love and gratitude to one another. You know, uh, brothers, men, how, when's the last time you told that other man at church, that friend, 
bro, I love you. Here's why I love you. Here's what I appreciate. I got to say it. Do we tell our children, I'm so proud of you. Will we let the emotion come out and flow as it did on this day in the streets of Jerusalem? You know, I really wanted Lisa to join me for this podcast today, but uh, she's preparing to take our daughter out of town for a school trip tomorrow. And uh, she hasn't been able to join me on the podcast lately. It's okay. We're doing okay. We're still very happily married. Um, and she was planning to join today, but unfortunately, I uh, couldn't, couldn't sync it all up with uh, traveling tomorrow. But we were talking about it, and she was talking about how, yeah, you know, for many of us, this is a learned trait. Learning, we need to work on expressing love, expressing appreciation to other people, like communicating. Like she was saying, it's something that we have to, for us, we've had to teach our kids to express their love and gratitude. And and little children sometimes are, are easier, right? But as they get a little older, they become embarrassed. But even our little kids, you know, trying to teach them not just to say please and thank you or I love you, but like to teach them to express, to tell tell each other, tell each other, their siblings even, why they love them. She, Lisa was saying, you know, I think sometimes we think, well, I, I, I want to be honest with people. If I, if I just, you know, if I just tell them how much I love them and how much I appreciate them, but, you know, but what about, I don't just want to gloss over <laughs> or act like, these negative things are not there. And so if I just tell them, oh, I love it. Oh, this is awesome. If I just compliment them, express to them, then am I being honest about the negative things or the way they've hurt me or about the things I don't like that they're doing or about them or whatever? But it's like, man, that's, I think we're missing the point. We, we tend to be like the Pharisees. We need to express love, appreciation. We need to be lavish in our praise and compliments in specific expressions of love. I want to share with you guys about um, about my dad and about um, his journey, if you will, of learning to be a man who expressed and still expresses love. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. I'll, I'll tell you some stories here. Let's take a coffee break. Um, my dad... Uh, he's in his early 70s now, and as I've shared with you guys, he's dealing with dementia. We just moved them in, my parents, into the a house right down the street, so that's been really cool, literally, just this past few days or week, uh, to be able to see them every day. He grew up in Florida, Tallahassee, Florida, uh, in the 50s, <clears throat> and um, his dad died when he was only, when my dad was only 13 years old. And my dad was the youngest of five. So his memories of his dad were obviously a bit limited, uh, being that his dad passed away young and that he was the youngest child of a big family. He didn't always, he didn't get a lot of that special time, that connection, those memories. And from what I understand, my grandfather, he was a good man, a hardworking man but also a, a hard man, a tough man, a strong man. He was a truck driver. Uh, there's <laughs> stories about him. He would, he would haul uh, tobacco down from North Florida down to Central Florida. And um, 
<laughs> he used to supposedly my when he met my grandmother, uh, her my mima, her dad ran a, a general store. His name they called him Doc in uh, Wasissa, Florida. And my grandfather, his name was John. He would run his truck down the hill, uh, approaching the general store, and he would he would fly down the hill approaching the general store and make everybody think that his brakes had gone out and make all the old men out smoking and chewing on the front porch, make them scatter thinking the truck was going to come through the store. <laughs> and then he would slam on the brakes and pull off into the parking lot. So anyway, he, as time went on, he kind of rose through the ranks and um, I guess he ended up being like the head guy of, of the, the truck, one of the truck depots there in, in Tallahassee. And, um, you know, my dad um, doesn't have the fondest memories. Like he doesn't remember. What he remembers is more the temper, you know? Uh, and he's always shared that. That that, that was kind of unfortunately what stuck with him as a, as a kid. Well, later, um, you know, and so his family, I mean, that's just, that's kind of, that's what they had. But my dad became a Christian in college when he went off to the University of Florida. And of course, by that point, um, my grandfather had passed away and all of his siblings had moved on out of the house. And my dad tells a story about coming home from college after he became a Christian and walking in the house. And his mom was there in the kitchen doing some work, doing some dishes, preparing some dinner or whatever. And he walked up behind her and he just put his hands on her shoulder and hugged her said, I love you. And he tells this story of how she just kind of melted and like she hardly knew what to do. You know, her husband had passed years ago. They weren't a very expressive family to begin with. And she hadn't been touched uh, in that, you know, hugged, that love just expressed like that. And she, she hardly knew what to do with it. And what's cool is that I see now my aunts and uncles and, and I, I think, I see them all express. I think they've all learned now to express love to each other and to share it. And I think my dad, I think, helped set a really good example. Well, later in my dad's life, he, um, in, in the, what, eight, I guess late 80s, was it? When that movie Field of Dreams came out. And if you hadn't seen that movie, uh, definitely go see it. Um, it's, a, it's a sports movie, one of the greatest sports movies. It's like Field of Dreams and Rocky maybe a couple others. It's, it's, if you haven't seen it, I mean, I'm not going to give it, I'll kind of give you just the basic premise. It's kind of weird when I describe it. It's about a man who built a magical baseball field and reconnected with his long lost dead father. <laughs> um, it's actually an amazing movie. And, and this man played by Kevin Costner, he gets an opportunity to go back and, and reconnect with his dad when his dad was a younger man, before life had beat him down and turned him into kind of the hard man that, that he had known growing up, you know, when his dad was was a little older. And it changed his life, you know, the, the character in the movie. And I tell you, that movie kind of changed my dad's life. He I, he went back and, and went on kind of a, a journey to try and deliberately remember all the happy memories of his dad, all the loving things his dad did. Because he didn't remember that. He thought of his dad as a hard man, an angry man. And he tried to go back and remember all the things his dad had done to show love in his way. 
And he found this picture, this photo, and I, I think he still has it maybe in his office. I, I need to get a copy of this because it's, it's, it's this. He, my dad found this photo. I don't know who found it. Maybe my Mima or one of my aunts found it for him. And it's when my dad was, was very, very young. And my grandfather was sitting there in his, his chair, which I, I actually still have that chair out in my office, my grandfather's old chair. He was sitting there in his chair at the end of a work day, or maybe it was a Saturday, and he was relaxed. And he's got, he's reclining with his feet out. And my dad is little and he's sitting on his legs, sitting in his lap, Indian style. And they're just looking at each other. And my dad's smiling. And, uh, <laughs> ooh, it's making me emotional. And my grandfather is just, Smiling back at him. You just see, you know, the love in his eyes. He's proud of his little boy. And when my dad found that photo, he's always kept that photo ever since right there on his desk because he says, that's not what I remember. But that's what I want to remember. So my dad decided to change, to be a change for our family. He decided that our family, he was going to be different with us. He, he, he wanted his kids to always know how he felt about us. He never wanted us to have to go and dig back through their memories. So he began telling us, expressing to us, even crying. I mean, he worked on it, my dad did, for years, learning to be an expressive man. Uh, at birthdays, he created a custom where, you know, a tradition. We'd, whoever's kid, whoever's birthday it was, my mom would make them, you know, their favorite meal. And at the end of dinner, he'd say, all right, you know, it's, it's David's birthday. We're all going to go around the table and just tell David, not just w that we love him, but we're going to tell him what we love about him. And he taught us to express to each other. And, you know, we were kids, but we learned to do it. And he would always go last. And um, and he would he would just tell us, this is what I love about you, son. And he would list off specific things that he just was so proud of. And and then he started a tradition as we got a little older, and you know it, some of us started to become teenagers, become Christians. So at Christmas, we kind of shifted where it was less about. I mean, we still gave presents, but it was less about Santa Claus, and it was more about you know uh, a celebration of our faith and. So he would, he started a tradition where sometime during the week of Christmas, we'd all gather one night and just share about the ways God had answered our prayers and, and what we were thankful for from the previous year. And then we would make a list of what we were crying out to God for, what we needed, what we wanted, what we were desiring or even hurting for, for next year. And we prayed, man, those became some big family prayer times. We prayed for, you know, when, when, my sisters weren't able to have a baby and we prayed that God would come through and he did. And I mean, you know, but those became times of expressing gratitude and love and, and, and needs and prayers. And, and then I remember other times before I went off to college, I remember my dad sitting me down and, and just crying and saying, I'm going to miss you, but I love you. And I trust that you're going to go off and, and remember everything I've taught you. And, and be a godly man, and you better believe that stuck with me. But I feel so blessed to have had that. But now, here's what's crazy. Now my dad's got dementia, and his brain, we're just watching it 
deplete, if you will. And what's crazy is here's what remains in his brain. There's so many things that aren't there anymore that he doesn't remember. He can't keep up and follow. I mean, you know, with conversations and even starting to not be able to recognize us all the time. And it's hard. But here's something he that hasn't left his brain. He continues to always express love and gratitude, like almost nonstop. Like, hey, I love you, son. I mean, I, I could tell you, I'll look at my phone right now. I got I got a list of voicemails. There's probably almost 20 voicemails from my dad here from this fall. Like, I can't even keep up with all the voicemails. And he'll be like, hey, son, it's dad. Just tell you I love you. So grateful for you. You're my son. I remember when you were born, you know, and like, that's what's left. Like, he learned to do it. And as everything leaves his brain, that's still there. Expressing love. That's what's still there. And I see a lot of people hit at their older years and their brain starts to go and their body starts to go and they become grumpy and angry. But not my dad. I think he learned. He worked so hard, God helping him to become a man who showed love. And I'm so thankful for that. And that's what I want to share with you today because I've learned this from my dad. All of us have people in our life that we love. You've got family members. You've got friends. You've got brothers and sisters in Christ. People you work with, neighbors, people that have been there for you. And you love them. But here's where I think a lot of us mess up is we don't take the step. It's few and far between when we express love. And so this is what I learned from my dad. Is it really love if it's not expressed? Oh yeah, I love them. It's in my heart. Are you really grateful for them if you're not telling them? I think for a lot of us, we rarely, maybe never, heard words of love and appreciation expressed to us like like this, like what I've been talking about growing up. And so for some of us, we become uncomfortable with this, even though deep down we crave it. Some of us, you know, we kind of come from the old school. I remember this, someone talking about, yeah, you know, my dad, or, or I don't, he said, I'm the, I'm the kind of man, like, you know, my family, they, they know I love them. They just know it. Well, do you tell them? Yeah, if I change my mind, they know I'll let them know. <laughs> no, no, not in the family of God. We say it. We express our love. We tell people why we're so thankful for them. Because if we don't, Jesus says, the stones might have to cry out. The more specific, the better. Tell people, hey man, this is what I love about you. This is what I appreciate about you. If you don't know how to say it with words, write it in a card. Send it in an email or a text. Don't fear the emotions. Well, if I tell them, then I'll cry. Fine, good. These people were, poor, were throwing their clothes out in the street for Jesus to come in on. That's a lavish display of emotion. Don't be afraid of the, the emotion or the tears or of looking silly. Jesus didn't care, and I bet this person that you need to tell, they won't either. Tell them now while you still can. Because you'll regret it when you can't say it. 
but you'll never regret expressing your love and your gratitude to the people that you love. You'll never regret those words. You'll regret some other words, other things you've said to them. You know, words of anger, you'll regret that. You'll regret things you don't say to them, words of love, but you'll never regret putting out, putting it out there to them. And so again, if you're listening in real time, it's, it's the holiday season. You, sometimes this is a time of, of, of sadness for some people because you miss those people that have passed on. But you got people that are still here. And so you tell them this Christmas season, you let this be a, a holiday season where we ex, you express love. Let it pour out of you like never before. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Peter tells us that love covers over a multitude of sins. You might have a multitude of sins piled up in your family, a multitude of history, of sinful history. And you can't undo all that past, all that damage. But it says you can cover it. You can cover it over with fresh and new expressions of love today, right now. Let's do it. Let's learn to express love, appreciation, gratitude, compliments, praise. Let's be lavish in it, church. Let's not make the stones cry out. And of course, we remember Jesus Christ and we love him so much like the people did on this day. Let's imitate these people. Let's learn this lesson. I love you. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time. I will praise the Lord today, for He is all my hope and stay. A God is good, His name is great. Hallelujah. 